Welcome to the Legacy Nashville podcast. We are so grateful that you've taken the time out of your day or night to tune in. We pray that this message encourages you to love God, love people, and change the world. Now, let's get to the message. And uh, for some reason, my parents love to go to outlet stores like, like uh, Bell's, TJ Maxx, Ross. Can I get two good amens? You guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you can come up in Ross. You can. Don't sleep on Bells. Y'all remember Bells? Bells hit different, okay? And uh, we used to go to Bells. <laughs> we used to go to Bells. And uh, y'all know what I'm talking about. Bells. And when we would go there, Right? Some of y'all think it's called Bills. It's called Bales. All right? The logo had a bell in it. That's how I know. And my mom, we'd get a shopping cart at these places. You know, normally when you shop TJ Maxx or something, you don't get a cart. It's sort of a, you know, carry-only situation, right? But when we'd go there for vacation, my mom would get a cart because we knew that Dad was in a blessing mood. <laughs> You guys know what I'm talking about. And I remember we would go grab the things that we always wanted, but Dad would always say no to. You know, we'd get the T-shirts with, uh, you know, all the NBA players on them. And, you know, we used to have to get the collared shirts and the nice stuff for school and everything. But we knew that when we were on vacation and in that position of rest, that Dad would get in a blessing mood. And then no matter what we brought up to him, he'd say, throw it in the cart. <laughs> and I remember sometimes my mom would say, hey, your dad's in the mood to spend some money. So go grab this. And if you ask him for it, he'll say yes. And so we would run up to dad with stuff we knew we didn't even want, but mom wanted. And dad would say, throw it in the cart. And man, I just feel like the Lord is in the room this morning. And the Holy Spirit would like to say to you, <laughs> just throw it in the cart, man. Let's go. What have you been waiting on the moment to ask the Father for? Come on. I know I'm preaching to somebody already in this house. What have you been waiting that opportune time, right? Seek the Lord, the Bible says, when he may be found. And I'm telling you, Legacy Nashville, everybody in the room and everybody watching online, no matter where you are, we are in a moment where the Father might be found. And I'm telling you right now, this morning, in this moment, you need to ask the Father for not only what you need. I'm not just talking about bare necessities, but I'm talking about your desire. Psalm 37 said that if you will delight yourself in him, that he will bring you the desires of your heart. That means that goes beyond your simple needs. That moves into your compulsive wants. <laughs> Is that too much? Is that too much grace? Because I'm happy to be accused of being an abundant grace preacher. Listen, the Father is in a blessing mood. So before I get started this morning, I just want to ask you right here, right now, if you don't mind, let's stand up. And I want you to start to, be, I want you to, start to ask the Father. Come on, let's go in like you know you need to. 
Let's just begin to pray like you know you want to. Let's just ask the Father. Come on, whatever it is that you've been holding back from him, a little bit embarrassed to ask the Father for, come on, let's ask him for it right now. Lord, I ask you for property in Jesus' name. That's what I'm praying for right now for Legacy Church. Even in a moment where it may not seem like we need it, Lord, we just ask you for property. Uh, We ask you for land. We ask you for uh, homes, houses. We ask you, I know there's a lot of people in the room this morning that are looking for property. They're looking for land. They're looking for new houses. And Nashville has been, you know, spiking year after year. But Lord, we know that you reserve property for the people of God. Uh, You said that the meek shall inherit real estate. And so, Lord, we just pray right now in Jesus' name that the meek are inheriting the earth. And so if you're praying for property right now, just, you know, open up your hand and receive. Receive a blessing from the Father. He's in a blessing mood. We declare that you're in a blessing mood. You're in a good mood. You love to delight your good kids. And it's not even about our good behavior. It's about the sacrifice of Jesus. So right now, come on, let's just go to the Father. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we go before the Father in the name of Jesus, and we just say, on behalf of the blood, (laughs) on behalf of the blood, Father, don't just look at my sin. He can't see it anyway. You know why? Because when he looks at you, he sees the blood. On behalf of the blood, on behalf of the blood, on behalf of the blood, we make an appeal to a good Father who's in a really good mood for the things that we've been asking for and dreaming about, we ask for it right now in Jesus' name. Come on, could you just say that out loud? Even if it's at a whisper, just say to the Father right now, God, I want this. I want this. And we, we just pray this morning for the wisdom of the Holy Ghost. We don't want to ask amiss. We want to ask with accuracy. And, and we ask accurately after we've been gazing at the beauty of the Lord in his face. The more intimacy, the more accurate our ask. And so, Lord, we just ask that you would mold and shape us to where the only desires left in us are the desires of Jesus for our lives, for the inhabitants, for the boundary lines that you've marked out for us this year in 2021. Lord, our boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places, the Bible says. Oh, he's in a blessing mood, saints. He's in a blessing mood. He's in a blessing mood. Will you receive that this morning? If you receive that, just say, I receive that. Come on, put your hand on your heart. Say, I receive that. Look at your neighbor. Say, did you receive that? Yeah, tell him I did. I did. I did. I did. Okay, you can be seated. You can be seated. You can be seated. Amen. And amen, 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 amen. So we're going to go back into Joshua chapter 3 this morning. Uh, verse 7 through 13, I'm not going to make a ton of time for introduction because I don't have a ton of time um, in the 9 a.m. I want to explain to you guys very quickly why that is, all right? We have a parking problem. Are you aware of this? And so we're going to get it figured out. Listen, we're going to get it figured out. We got some golf carts that are soon to come, okay? So I know some of you are now ready to join the parking team. Because you're trying to push a golf cart around Rosebank neighborhood. And I, I get it. I understand. I understand. We, we've got one for Seth. It's got 20-inch rims on it. It's them dubs spinning. They spinning. And um, we have a parking problem. We're going to solve that problem, church. But until then, we've got to do a good job at honoring our new neighbors. Especially 
on the front end of the inhabitants. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because we want to be uh, really good to them. And one of the ways that we've learned that we can is just by uh, doing a better job with our parking. And so we just want to make sure that we have plenty of space uh, for people to get in for the second service and uh, for you guys to get out at the first service uh, in enough margin time to make it comfortable. Everybody say, I'm okay with that. That's good. You know why? Because revival is spelled W-O-R-K. <laughs> Everybody prays for revival and then they forget somebody has to change the toilet paper rolls. And that's really a lot harder now than it once was because they have keys. I don't know if you guys have noticed that in the new building, but we got keys to unlock the toilet paper dispensers. And, and somebody's got to park the cars. And, and somebody's got to clean, clean the toilets. And somebody has to vacuum the floors. And somebody has to be ready to watch and care for and pastor and disciple and prophesy over and pour into your kids. Like never before. And so uh, PS Kids Worship started. I'm excited about that. I'm, look, I'm looking at Sean because Sean's been knocking it out of the park. Uh, kids Worship. What? Let's go. Let's go. Oh, I'm excited about inhabiting. Are you excited about it? All right. Let's look at Joshua chapter 3 this morning, verse 7 through 13. If you guys don't mind to pull it up, we're going to read it all together. And baby dedications at 11 a.m. So... If you want to come back and be a part of that, you can do that. Joshua chapter 3, verse 7 through 13 goes like this. The Lord said to Joshua, today I will begin to exalt you. Somebody said, I like that. In the sight of all of Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Now, we've already hit last week. Did you, did you watch last week, church? Four people. Okay. So... Last week we talked about if we are to be a Joshua general, we must be presence people. And so what was spoken over Moses is now being spoken over the new emerging leader Joshua, okay, as to what would set him apart in the eyes of the people that lived in his generation. Are you guys catching where I'm going with this? What is going to set you apart in the eyes of this generation? What was it that Moses had tapped into? It was the presence of God. It was the glory of Yahweh. Because of his intimate relationship with God, Moses was set apart. He was consecrated. He was different. He moved in a different spirit. He moved with a different measure of favor because he had been so obsessed with the face of God, and that's what set him apart in his generation. For those of us that are going to lead in this generation, a Joshua general, inhabitation-level leadership, okay, we are to be presence people, okay? The people who are going to lead in our generation will be presence people, okay? Presence people. We're obsessed with prayer. We can't get enough of worship. You know, we're not checking our watch. Like, is it almost over yet? You know what I mean? It's always a joy to come to the Lord with worship. Verse 8, and as for you, I want you to command the priest, Joshua, who bear the Ark of the Covenant, the presence. When you come to the brink of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. And Joshua said to the people of Israel, 
Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, here is how you shall know that the living God is among you. Here's how you're going to know that the presence of God dwells around you. You're going to have victory over your enemies. The Canaanites, the Hittites, the Parasites. It didn't say that. It didn't say. I was just checking to see if you guys were paying, paying any attention. The Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. All right? And behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is passing over before you into the Jordan. Now, therefore, I want you to take 12 men from the tribes of Israel, each uh, from each tribe. And when the soles of the feet of the priests bearing the presence of the Lord, the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan. Well, look at this. The waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing. Somebody say, wow. That's a supernatural. And the waters coming down from above shall stand in one heap. Now, I don't know if you've studied the law of gravity recently, but when waters are flowing downhill, they never stand still and they're never gathered together in one big heap. Okay? So what God is telling his man, this general Joshua, is that there is going to be some supernatural activity that is going to accompany your inhabitation. Are you with me this morning, church? Okay? And so I mentioned this last week. If you missed it, please go back and listen to it. The crossover, the crossover is all about emerging leaders. Okay, there's a lot of components. I say it's all about. There's a lot of components, but a big component is about new leadership emerging. And I don't know if you guys have noticed this throughout the landscape of our generation, but there are new leaders that are emerging, right? Somebody say, I'm one of them. Come on, say it boldly. I'm one of them. I'm a Joshua general, which is the title of the message today. And what God speaks over the Joshua generals is this. Today, today, I'm going to begin to exalt you in the eyes of your generation. This is good. Today, somebody needs to take this for themselves and say today. Today. Today, I am going to begin to put favor on you. Today, I'm going to begin to put blessing on you. Today, I'm going to begin to identify you and set you apart as a leader, as a general, somebody who carries love, somebody who carries the tangible presence of God so that when you step into an atmosphere, people look at you and they say, something is different about her. What is it that is different about him? They're carrying something. They walked in with a different vibe. They might say that. They came through with a good energy. They might say that. I've had people stop me in restaurants and say, you just got good energy. You just got good energy. Right? And I, and I can tell them, well, it didn't originate in me. Yes, I agree. But can I tell you where that good energy is coming from? I'm a presence person, and I walk with a man whose name is Jesus. He gave his life on a cross so that I could be redeemed from my sin, 
so that I could have access to the presence of a good father so that when you meet me in this restaurant, you can testify to something supernatural. What just came in this place, right? Come on. I'm a presence person, and I believe that this is happening in this generation, and I believe, Legacy Church, it's happening in this house. Pastor Michael Miller, when he was here, he said, for a long time, God has highlighted heralds, preachers, prophets, speakers, and I believe he can, will continue, no doubt, but he said, I want you to watch because now God is marking houses. I just, I'm, I'm just believing that in the midst of our microwave generation of people who are so obsessed with attention that we would stand apart in the culture and say, Lord, I don't want you to just put anointing on me, but I want you to put it on my house. I want you to put it on my family. I want you to put it on my community. I want you to put it on my tribe. So that if ever there is a moment in which one of us falters, we're walking arm in arm up the mountain of God so we can lift each other up. We're holding one, one another accountable, not just for our sin, but for our participation in the presence. Where you been? I ain't seen you in the house in a while. <laughs> are you, are you, and I'm not picking on anybody, but are you, do you got the victory? Have you been in prayer? Are you walking in the presence? Or as I was, are you walking in the sauce? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Amen. Hey, listen, the glory of God is your natural habitat as a new creation. The Christ in you is the hope of, that's right, you got to let him have what he wants, okay? Do not deprive your spirit of the presence of God. So I'm going to go to point two now. And uh, as I do, I want to read verse seven. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. We've already testified to the fact that the way that God was with Moses was his presence. But point two is this. I hit on point one last week. You have to go back and listen to it. It was only an hour and three minutes long. But that's because we were live streaming. So I just took my time. Okay. Point two is this. This generation's leaders, Joshua generals... They will not lead as orphans, but they will serve as sons and daughters, honoring spiritual mothers and fathers. I, I feel to share this with you guys, um, the pastors that were leading the House of Blessing Church. Did you know we still have them as part of what we call our emeritus fund? We sow into them financially every month. Do you know how many leaders told me not to do that? <laughs> Why would you do that? And, and, and how, how old is Meredith, Meredith and Joanne, if you don't mind me asking? 90? 88? Right? They haven't been here, obviously, since COVID. Yeah. And they're still a part of our team. And, and I want you to know, we're doing that on purpose. And I have a sense of severity about that because I know that there is a blessing that flows as a result of us continuing to serve as sons and daughters, I felt to share that by the Spirit, and not to take as orphans. Okay, listen, orphans take. Sons and daughters receive. 
right? Orphans, they take, 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 because they believe that the only way they're ever going to get anything is by taking aggressively. Take it, take it, take it. But, you know, even something as big as nations, people groups, countries, cities, they are not going to be inhabited by orphans. You know how I know? Psalm chapter 2, verse 8. Ask of me, and I will give you the nations as your inheritance is a family word. Right? And so when God says, I want you to come to me, because he's in a blessing mood. And I want you to ask me for the nations. I'm then going to give them to you as your inheritance. Notice that he did not say, if you get aggressive enough to take, take, take neighborhoods from principalities and powers, then you will have them as your inheritance. Come on, who am I preaching to in here? He says, I want you to come as sons and I want you to come as daughters, not as warriors. I want you to come as sons and I want you to come as daughters. And I don't want you to fight Satan for your inheritance because he doesn't have it anyway. Satan is not in control of your inheritance. Man, I don't know a way to say this any better. Demons do not have first dibs on your inheritance. Here's the way to obtain your inheritance. It is to put the sword down from the standpoint of, I'm going to attack the enemy's camp. <laughs> and I'm going to go as a son or a daughter to a good father and say, Lord, you're in a blessing mood every day. You know how I know? Because you bankrupted heaven to send your son. And if you would not withhold your greatest treasure, then what makes me think that you would withhold the inheritance that your son gave his life for on the cross so that I might receive it and walk in the fullness thereof? Come on, sons get inheritance, not orphans, all right? Every single excellent thing that you have, you have received by inheritance. Uh, let me say it again. Every excellent thing that you have in the kingdom of God, you have received by inheritance. Truly, like the real kingdom stuff, sowing and reaping, no doubt, is real. I believe it. It's a spiritual law. But there is nothing that you have received in the spirit that you have not first been given. Doesn't that deflate your ego? Doesn't that pop the balloon of your arrogance? Because you begin to understand that I am a son, not a slave. I'm not a hired laborer. The kingdom of God is not a sweatshop. Man, I'm getting into some trouble with point number two. You have to understand that your blessing did not originate in you. Your blessing did not originate in your works. Your blessing originated in the work of Jesus. 
And when you can begin to live in that reality, the pressure diminishes significantly. I have to perform. I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. Malachi chapter 4 verse 5 said, His preaching, everybody say, that's me. I'm talking about Joshua generals. Everybody say, that's me. My preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Come on, I'm talking about a generational revival. I'm talking about a real kingdom legacy. Where we acknowledge that faith is not simply something that we do, but faith is something that we are a part of. We are a link in a generational chain. And when we honor those who've gone before us, we open our hearts to receive the favor, the blessing, the anointing, and the power that has rested upon our moms and dads so that we might carry it throughout 2021 and beyond and so that we might impart it to our sons and our daughters. It's impossible to be stingy and live for a legacy. We have to begin to understand this. Your blessing did not originate in you. Every excellent thing that you have in the kingdom, you have received by way of inheritance. Come on, this keeps the pride levels low. Thank you, Lord, for what you accomplished on the cross. Thank you, Lord, for what my mama and my daddy put in me. Thank you, Lord, for what you intended my mom and my dad to carry. Even if they didn't carry it, I honor the gift that was deposited by you so that I might open myself up to be a recipient of the spiritual inheritance that was intended for them. Listen, even if your parents didn't walk with the Lord, even if your parents the, the whole of their life denied Jesus as Lord, you can still receive the blessing that was intended for them by honoring the gift that God sowed into them, even if they denied it and were rebellious against it, it can still rest upon your life so long as you honor it. Come on, I believe that God is going to have some of us recover inheritances in this season as a result of kicking arrogance out of the camp, going low in humility, and honoring parents that didn't honor us. Come on, I believe there are moments in our lives where just like Elijah... You know, he'll try to mess with Elisha a little bit and be like, go ahead and go on home. Let me give you the opportunity to rebel against your father. Am I talking to anybody in here? No, 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 no. You can't offend me enough to get me to leave your side. Man, I'm not going to make it past point two. You can't offend me enough, pastor. I was getting real now. You can't offend me enough because I know what God has spoken to me. That there is something that is resting upon you and you didn't work for it. You didn't do anything to get it. God gave it to you and he positioned me with you so that I could walk in a double portion of it. <laughs> wow, are you serious? Elijah was like, you know, don't you need to... Make sure that everything's going on, you know, good back home. Don't, don't you need to, why don't you go ahead and sit over, nope. 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 It just doesn't matter. You couldn't offend me enough to rebel against a word from the Lord that I carry. 
This, I'm talking about a different dynamic of church right here. I'm not talking about attending a church you feel comfortable in. I'm talking about giving your life, sowing the seed of your heart in a church you feel called to. This is different. I want to carry an increase of the anointing of my spiritual parents. I want to walk in a double portion of what Mama Heidi walks in. And, and you, know what the, you know what the greatest blessing of my life is? When I go preach a conference and somebody says, you remind me of Heidi. And they don't know. That, that just blesses me. <laughs> that blesses me. That blesses me. Joshua honored Moses by following two things. Number one, his intimacy. And number two, his instruction. Here's what, here's what Joshua observed Moses doing. And if you want to position yourself as a spiritual son or a daughter in this house or your house or wherever you're from or whoever you submit yourself to as a leader, you watch their intimacy. Can we not gloss over this real quick? You watch their intimacy. See, Joshua would hang out in the prayer room after Moses left out for his one-on-ones, his meetings. And Joshua said, I, I watched Moses worship like that. All right, I'm going to try that out. <laughs> Y'all see me doing that sometimes. It's like the Fortnite dance. <laughs> Y'all don't know about that, but I got a five-year-old, so I know about these things. But see, Joshua, he watched, he watched Moses' intimacy. See, even as spiritual fathers, when you want a spiritual son or a daughter, you don't invite them into your ministry. You invite them into your intimacy. You say, look, you want to carry whatever it is that you see on my life? I want to give it to you. But here's the first thing that you need to watch. Watch how I worship. Watch how I love him. Listen to me pray. Listen to how I talk to him. Is this okay? Is this okay? But here's the second thing. They didn't just watch. They didn't just watch his intimacy. That's not what Joshua did alone. He also he watched that, but then he he also watched how he worked with the people. You guys are so quiet. I can't tell if this is going over very well. He's like, okay, okay, okay. He's there. He's in the prayer closet like that. Okay. Okay, now here's how he works with the people. Wow. Okay. I see him going low. I see him washing stinky feet. I'm talking about Jesus, okay? I see him, you know, taking his nice clothes off. I see him wrapping the towel. <laughs> I see him getting betrayed. 
I see him getting gossiped about. I see somebody stabbing him in the back and giving him a kiss on the way to the grave. But I'm also watching how he's working with the people and I'm listening and I'm hearing him say, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. You don't deserve to receive a foot washing from Jesus and yet here he is, girding himself up, looking into your eyes, washing away the smell from your feet and saying, I love you. I love you. The only reason you can love me is because I first love you. I love you. I dignify you. Even though you're comparing and competing with your peers, I love you. You don't have to do that. Come up here. There's a greater way to think and to work with the people. I love you. Hey, get what you need in the secret place so that you can carry love in the public space. I love you. I'm talking about spiritual inheritance. And one other thing I'll say as I close, because it's in my notes, but it's very challenging. It's very challenging. Are you ready for it? Until Moses released Joshua into his role, Joshua was not released by God into his role. There's a smile. Because I know that's challenging. But listen, God blesses people to bless people. And orphans take... Whereas sons receive. Maybe this just should have been a staff meeting. But I'm talking to Joshua generals this morning. I'm talking to inhabitation level leaders. I'm talking to people who are going to turn their universities upside down. I'm talking to people who are going to flip businesses upside down. I'm talking to people who are going to inhabit the spheres of culture. And people are going to look at them with curiosity and scratch their head and say, those who have turned the world upside down have also come here. I'm talking to the next generation of spirit-filled, spirit-led politicians. I'm talking to the next generation of blessed, kingdom-driven entrepreneurs. I'm talking to the people who are going to bring the supernatural into elementary schools as teachers. I'm, I'm talking to moms, nursing a baby while washing the dishes. <laughs> I'm talking to Joshua generals, and that's something that Joshua generals understand. They don't see a leader's reluctance to release them into their role as suppression. They see it as God's wisdom and God's timing. I'm saying it with a smile. Is it okay? Now, I know there are situations in which those words may not ring true. But listen, our heart's posture can be the same despite the situation. Our heart's posture can be to love and to honor and to follow Jesus into the secret place. Our heart's posture can be to love and to honor and to bless the people, the Elijahs that God may give us in our lives. 
God blesses people to bless people. Orphans always take, but sons always receive. So we just declare this morning that we are receptive sons. This, this turned out to be a message about honor. And let me tell you, the inhabitation level leaders that God is raising up and that God is looking for right now are leaders that honor. They don't exalt their own desires over the timing of God's wisdom. And they say, Lord, I want to walk this world like the one I've given my life to. Jesus. I want to walk this world like the Son of God, with honor in my heart, flowing in every single direction, with forgiveness at the forefront of my spirit. I am prepared to forgive before I'm given an invitation to become offended. My heart is not turned on if somebody says something to me sideways, I'm going to smack them in the face. Like my heart, I don't wake up with my heart turned in that direction. Oh, I wish somebody would today. I am not the one. <laughs> Repent. We're walking in so much honor, so much love. That we expect people to throw stones. We expect people to gossip. We expect people to cut us down. We expect people to betray us. They did it to Jesus. What makes you think they won't do it to you? And we have our heart pointed in the direction of the Father that said, let's walk the world as the pardon of God. Let's walk the world as the pardon of God in Jesus' mighty name we pray. If you don't mind to stand with me. We're going to pray now. We love you, Jesus. We love your nature. We love your nature. Come on, a lot of us have really, really preferred his pardon, but we've neglected his nature. What was Jesus like? What was he really like? We're not just thanking you for saving us, Jesus. We're entering into the life of Christ and we're saying, make us more like you. Make us the type of leaders in this generation that are set apart. And it's notable because we move through this generation like Joshua, like Jesus, consecrated before the Lord, consecrated generals in Jesus' name. Um, I just want to create some space for a response here. If you, if you know that you know that you know, and, and, and in your heart you're like, God has called me to become a leader, but I have just shrunk back from that, and I have just been unwilling to be courageous and step up. And I don't just mean a leader in the church, okay? So let me clarify. But a leader in this generation, but you have just allowed negative self-talk and doubt and all of that to reign. If that's you, would you just mind to lift your hand courageously? I just want to pray over you right now. If you're like, yeah, that's me. That's it. I, I see a couple of you guys. Awesome, awesome, amazing. I want to pray over you right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Lord, I ask that your blessing 
would begin to flow from the top of their head to the soles of their feet and that grace would begin to move through their body right now and, and even just rewire their minds in such a way that confidence, 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 courage, bravery, knowing that you know that you know that you know deep down in your heart, God has called me. I'm not checking with anybody. I have consulted with the king and he says I am qualified. I am a leader. I will take my place on the front lines in the kingdom of Jesus. We speak empowerment by the Spirit now in Jesus' name. May you walk out of this place different than you walked in with your head held high, chin up, knowing, knowing that the king has also crowned you with his very own glory. With his very own glory. Jesus' name. Jesus' name we pray today. And everybody said amen. 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 amen, amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Legacy Nashville podcast. If you'd like to support the ministry, you can do so at LegacyNashville.org forward slash give. If you're listening on iTunes, log into the store and give us a good rating and review. This helps our podcast reach new people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Until next week, love God, love people, and go change the world.